So dying alive, huh? Yeah, a podcast. Yeah? What happens at that podcast? Three guys talking. What else? You ever played quarters? gentlemen welcome to episode four of this dying alive podcast talking about the pittsburgh penguins and contemplating our own mortality i'm jesse marshall from the athletic i'm here with pat damp from pens blog say hello pat hey everybody i'm here with mike darnay from pensburg say hello mike what's up guys and we have to start this show out uh by acknowledging that we're going to have a conversation about Tom Wilson that will be a repeat of conversations we've previously had about Tom Wilson. However, we didn't record those. There was no podcast at the time. So you'll all be hearing these takes hot and fresh straight out of the oven, one day removed from the announcement that Wilson will have an in-person hearing uh, with the National Hockey League for attempting to destroy the face of poor ex-Penguin Oscar Sundquist in a preseason game, nonetheless, I would argue that this hit has no place in the game of hockey at all, let alone a goddamn preseason game where poor Oscar Sundquist just trying to prove to everybody that he deserves to have a job in the same players union that you belong to. That you were in that same union and you have a guy trying to get a job. And you're going to come across the trolley tracks uh, after he releases an innocuous puck and just attempt to decapitate him. Uh, Here's a question right out of the gate before we get to your thoughts. An in-person hearing means that the minimum suspension is going to be five games. Am I wrong to assume that the NHL will give Tom Wilson exactly – five games i think you're exactly correct i think it's six for in person but still like ah six is it six yeah i believe in person is over six let's change it then it's gonna be whatever the minimum is the minimum could be 30 uh and and that's what he's going to get that i think that's fitting and i think that's par for the course because the nhl is very good at just doing the bare minimum yeah um i don't know at the same time though i Maybe it's this is a little uh, Charlie Brown running after the football with Lucy holding it. But eventually something has to come of this, right? Eventually the NHL has to say enough is enough and throw the book at him. But I, I, I don't know. Like, is, has the precedent been there? Behind closed doors, Pat, I wouldn't be shocked to find out that the National Hockey League was bringing Tom Wilson in giving him a stern finger pointing and then saying, hey, but he had his head down, right? <laughs> Boy, yeah. he really laid into that one. I mean, you know, obviously we had, you, like, that's the culture. We know that going as far back as to the time that Colin Campbell was emailing 
uh, about guys having their comeuppance finally delivered to them. This is the person that was in charge of making decisions, and we are less than a decade removed of his emails being leaked and him saying, like, well, he had it coming. I mean, it's perpetuating the culture. And here, here we have a bunch of people that made a living off of this kind of stuff, defending this kind of stuff. Uh, and it'll be that way until they're no longer in positions of power and influence in the National Hockey League. And I hate to make it sound like this grand conspiracy uh, in this like truther movement, but let's be honest, like they don't get it right. At the bare minimum, they don't take whatever dressings you want off of it. They don't get it right. And that's why 10 games make sense here, and I'm not expecting to get it. No, and one of the things that pisses me off about hits like these and guys like Tom Wilson. All right, so hockey's a fast game. It's a physical game. There's 10 guys often in the same zone. Hits are going to happen that aren't vicious and blatant, but this is not one of them. He, like you said, he came across the tracks, completely targeted him. And for me, I don't know at what point I started noticing this, but at a certain point I noticed you, you see guys like Tom Wilson throw hits. They're immediately ready for somebody to jump them because they know what they did wrong. It's not like a collision that happened innocuously. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, sorry. When, when they hit a guy and they hurry and turn around to see who's coming after them, that's your biggest tell that it was completely and blatantly intentional. And one of Let's my also- – one of my no, biggest no, no. issues with it is to kind of build on what you're saying, Mike, is hockey's a physical sport. It's always going to be. It always has been. But the type of physicality through every era of hockey has evolved. We're it can not, be physical without trying to fucking paralyze a guy. Well, we're not. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're not in the 80s anymore where, or even early 90s where it's big hulking defensemen throwing out punishment at the blue line physicality in today's game is literally consistently hitting along the wall and wearing opponents down through puck possession and puck protection. Whereas what a guy like Tom Wilson is doing is predatory. That's the word that people need to start using more with him is predatory because you can see that he knows what he's going to do. He lines the hit up, sees it coming and drives through it. It's not a, oh, no, I, I had him lined up and then he turned and there was no way out of it. Like, he came, like, it was it was the same thing against, um, was it Carlson or Marcheseau that he hit in the final where Marcheseau. he took 30 strides and knew what he was doing. It, the guy, it, it, he's not unlucky. He's not in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's a pattern of behavior and it's predatory. Eventually, like Crosby said today, the message has to get through because it sure as hell hasn't yet. So a uh, direct quote from Sidney Crosby, when he was asked about uh, several players were asked about Tom Wilson. Some of them declined to comment. Some of them said, yeah, I saw and, the hit. And, and real quick, before you read the quote, <laughs> I'm just going to say this. And I know we probably don't have a lot of Caps fans that listen. Spare me your bullshit of wise Crosby commenting on this. It's a division rival. His last suspension was against a teammate of his. So of course he's going to have thoughts on it. And not to mention, it's one of the only stories in the hockey world right now. Of course, reporters are going to ask the face of the NHL about it. So spare me your bullshit. Why is Crosby talking about it takes? Hold on a second. Before we get to the quote, I'm going to call a timeout here and also take this opportunity to have a public service announcement. This applies to anyone. Uh, I believe that the National Hockey League has fostered in an environment of semantics. 
Whereas instead of just outright banning hits to the head, regardless of discerning intent or circumstance or any of that nonsense, uh, we, we get into discussions about principal points of contact. Okay. Principle does not mean first. Let me repeat that. Principal point of contact does not mean first point of contact. Okay? You know, this seems like something the NHL could have addressed a long time ago, but here we are. <laughs> Yet here we are having discussions about semantics. Um, you know, a friend of the podcast, Chet, uh, today had a, re- a great analogy on Twitter. He goes, imagine if, if I've been shot and I've held out my hand to stop the bullet and it goes through my hand, okay? But then ultimately strikes me in the head. You wouldn't say the principal point of contact was the hand, right? Like, I, that analogy was phenomenal. That's I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here. I'm going to vote Chet for head of Department of Players. There we go. Now yeah. we're talking. Um, anyway, um, but seriously, like, we got to stop that nonsense. I mean, th- you, there's no looking at that hit and being like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know, I don't, there's no <laughs> rational way of doing that. Stop trying to rationalize it. Uh, and I say that, uh, you know, as somebody who covered Matt Cook and, and watched something unfold multiple, multiple times, uh, the team denounced that behavior uh, after so long. Uh, he denounced that behavior and truly and honestly played out his final years as a competent uh, hockey player. Well, uh, and, and the suspension that he got that led changed to him. that. Sure. The message yeah. was sent. You have to send the message. If you keep giving him the two to three game, five to six game slap on the wrist, you know, forfeiting a little bit of salary, especially now that he got paid, what, what's his motivation to change? All they're going to do is they're going to give me a, a week-long vacation and take a little bit of my pay. Oh, the poor guy's going to miss six games out of 82 and be a little bit more rested in April. Yeah. If well, they, if they s- suspended Nate Schmidt for a – what was it? One one billionth of a PED for twenty seven games. I think you can suspend somebody for ten or more for trying to decapitate another human. Well, one thing's for certain: he's not going to be in the lineup Thursday night uh, when the Capitals come to PPG Paints Arena for the Penguins' home opener. Uh, which you know, not that I'm worried about this. You know, I don't think the Penguins are bullshitting when they openly talk about how angry they are. Uh, I really think what happened last year left a sour taste in their mouth. I think they liked having um, the complete upper hand against the Capitals as a franchise. Uh, losing sucks, and I think that it, they had to be reminded of that last year. And you know, listening to the, what they say and watching them play, I think even in the preseason, you know, seeing the determination out of guys like Crosby and, and Malkin, um, I think they're going to be up for this game no matter what. Uh, but I think not having Wilson in the lineup creates a more, shall we say, distraction-free environment. Yeah. You're not out there worried about some guy trying to run you from halfway across the ice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it, it just adds an element of feeling like they can play their game safely, and we're not going to get into any sort of discussion about the turn. It's a bullshit discussion, so let's leave it at that. So the final end of the preseason here was uh, unremarkable. Penguins win 5-1 against Buffalo uh, when we had last recorded a show. Uh, that was the A-team, quote-unquote, you could say, uh, getting an easy win. Uh, and then the 7-6, just absolute wild, nonsensical Columbus game uh, that was all scoring. Derek Broussard, though, again, I give a tip of a hat to him, uh, looks to be in, in great form to start the season, which is certainly 
I've I've long maintained all summer that people are grotesquely underrating uh, what Derek Broussard is going to bring to the team this year as a healthy player, and, and really I don't looking, doubt that he really really looking and that third that. line has already come together nicely. But uh, to look ahead, we wanted to play a little over under here. I'm going to put Pat and Mike. Uh, I'm going to put their takes on display for the world to see, and we're going to use uh, Dom's pro- projections. Dom from the Athletic, uh, Lushizen. I was going to say, are we ever going to say? Are uh, we ever going to even attempt the last name? I've, I've you, you, you were going to skirt it. You were going to skirt around it. I was going to skirt it, but I owe Dom that. As a, like, as a colleague, as a colleague, to, you owe it to him. I, right, and and you got to give it the old college try, but. Uh, he uses a model that's based on a statistic he's created called game score, which is a really nice all-encompassing uh, statistic. It sort of tracks player performance. Taking that data, which accounts for age and usage and projections on how usage will work this year and performance last year and uh, home games and away games and regressions, uh, multivariate ones at that, uh, he creates um, a – uh, prediction model and it must be nice to be smart it must be and dom is and uh last year his model was actually plus or minus i believe it was 9.9 points that sounds bad and it's because it was uh and because dom openly owns that but it, to be fair it was a bad year for models last year and predictability and dom actually was the best of a flunking group um so go dom um as he said in his uh preview this year so what we'll do is we'll take Dom's some of Dom's totals for the team and for individual contributors. Um, if somebody wants to write these down, you know what? I, I, maybe I could do it. I, I guess I'm not doing anything else. Um, no, you know what? Actually, let's not because nobody cares about our shitty takes like that. So we'll just go over under today on the honor system. Hey, if there's a uh, listener, so, if there's a listener that wants to track it for us and hold us yeah, to the fire please. on Twitter, go for it. If you want to do the job of a bunch of lazy. Uh, pieces of shit please by all <laughs> means <laughs> do our work for us there's no president in it for you but you'll get a shout out on air and i know that'll mean a lot to you so moving <laughs> oh my <forward>. god <laughs> the ego moving behind forward, that was fantastic i love I it really, i sold that hard uh so i'm gonna just shout these out and then you go over under if you want to back out and be a baby you could go push okay no, 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 bullshit. No, we're, no we're, pushing. Not pushing. we're not playing no blackjack here. We're not pushing. All right, no pushing. All right, so over, under. Ready? Here we go. Derek Broussard, 17 goals. Over. Woo! Give me the over. Give him the over. I think he's, take, I think he's getting 20 this year. Oh, boy. On the third line. <clears throat> I do, I, and he's going to see second power play minutes, I, which that, is going to be huge for him. I was going to say second power play, yeah. Now, this one's a tasty little morsel here because you're going to want to – I can see where the temptation to go over is going to be. Uh, but I want you to think with your heads on this one. Okay, Carl Hagelin, 11 goals. Over. Yeah, I'm, nah, I'm going to say under. I'm going to go under too. I'm going to say 10. Yeah, that's where and I'm at. I'm going to say 10, and I'm not going to give a shit because everything else he's going to have done is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, all right. Jack Johnson. Under. Under. Why? Wow, I didn't even go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was going to go f- uh, 14 points. Over. Over 14 points. Yeah, yeah I, I think I too would say over with the caveat of barely. And okay. I mean, you've brought it up in your – 
<clears throat> your pieces on the athletic, Jesse, that one of his assets is that he can move the puck up the ice. And if you're moving the puck up the ice to a Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, chances are eventually they're going to find the back of the net. Now, I will say the caveat to that is that the Penguins are going to go about this in a way that's much different than what the Blue Jackets did. And a lot of those passes, uh, not to, to uh, you know, uh, poo-poo on the party here, were short. Uh, I think in this system, he's going to be required to elongate those passes 10 to 15 feet. And I think that 10 to 15 feet is ultimately going to determine how things roll for him. Um, so something to keep an eye on as we move into the season. I think, um, the, I think the best way to describe my outlook on Jack Johnson right now is hopeful but not optimistic. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, I don't uh, – I'm just blah about it. I'm trying to not have any expect. – I'm just going to watch it happen and try to objectively discern what's going on. That's fair. Um, next category. Here's another one that, uh, it caught me and I, and I really, well, I won't put my, but Riley Shayan, nine goals over. That's an easy over for me. I agree. See, this is where I now regret saying we're not going to do push. Cause I think he'll get in the range of nine to 10. So I might as well just take the over for continuity's sake. Okay. Yeah, but I think I think he'll be in that range. Like he'll either be eight between eight and twelve. Okay, okay. Here's one that's tough for me: Jake Gensel, twenty-seven goals. I got to go under. <clears throat> I, I know he's going to score a lot. I I, I think <clears throat> I, I just think that's a bit high of a projection. That's that's tough because. In, in this NHL where scoring is lower than it was a decade ago, 27 goals is – that's a tough feat. And if you run into a cold streak for 10, 15 games or so, that easily could derail your track for scoring 30. Right. And, and <clears throat> I'm going to say under. And I'm going to say under as well because I do think we've seen it at least in the last year that Jake Gensel starts to come alive near the end of the year. He's probably going to start slow. He'll do okay through the middle of the year, and then once we start getting closer to the postseason, he's going to wake up. I think if Jake Gensel can convert some power play opportunities when they come his way and really kind of make a mark for himself there uh, as a reliable option with the man advantage, I think that number is achievable. Um, but I think he's the kind of player that ends up in situations where he can go on a cold streak for 5, 10, 15 games. Um, he seems to get hot at the right time, but he's not immune to those cold spells, as is anyone, really. So I think that I'd be tempted to go push on this one too, but I'd also go under. I'd probably come in at 26. <clears throat> I feel like 27 is a projection. I feel like it could just as easily be 37 as it could be 21. Oh, sure. Yeah, it all depends on which version of Jake Gensel shows up and how he converts on the opportunities he's inevitably going to get playing with Sidney Crosby. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, so here's one for Evgeny Malkin. Evgeny Malkin, 93 points. Over. Yeah, I I have – no discernible 
logic behind this other than the fact that they lost last year, but I just I have this feeling in my bones that Crosby and Malkin this year are going to be unbelievably motivated and have monster years. Like it's going to be some will these guys to win the division type shit. I actually I'd like to one up that projection. I'm going to say over 93 points and over 93 penalty nets. <laughs> that would be extremely on brand for Evgeny Malkin. And it's worth mentioning here. Um, you know, you consider the fact that the Penguins, you know, last year uh, were a you know a hundred point team um, that ranked almost dead last in save percentage and twenty fourth in shooting percentage. It's not out of the realm of possibility to say that this team could completely flip that on its head this year. Could get lights out goaltending and and do what they've seemed to all of them to do under Mike Sullivan, just shoot the lights out again. So you know, I, I think that you know. That's really, that, yeah, that's really. So, so with that being said, a hundred and three and a half points for the team. Over, over. Okay. I I I know everybody because we had our um, blog predictions come out this morning at Penn's blog, and I think I was one of the only people that took the Pens to win the division. But I really just I I have a feeling this year that they're going to run the table in the Metro. Mm-hmm. Run the table. In what way, Pat? I think they're going to win the division, and I think they're going to have a really good in-division record just because I really think a lot of people are underestimating like how rare I think Matt Murray's season last year was. That's not him as a goaltender. That's That was a season where he had issues with his family. He had some issues with injury. And then also underestimating the fact that this team – has had a longer offseason for the first time in three years, which is going to help their big guns recover and really lead them to win the division. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I consider the fact that the depth that this team has, um, that, that to me is what sets it apart. And I don't know that they had this last year. If Greg, you know, you think about this. Greg McKegg. I will hear no Greg McKegg slander on this podcast. I'm not slandering Greg <laughs> McKegg. He did a phenomenal job. Not phenomenal. He, he was okay. Um, but think about that versus Riley Shane. I mean, there's just a discernible difference there. So there absolutely uh, is. Let, let's 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 go here for um, let's do one for for assists for Sidney Crosby. Over under at fifty one. I'm going to say under, I think he'll score more goals this year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of where just, I'm at. Just a feeling. I don't know. I think Sid's going to have one of those. I think he's going to have one of those goal scoring years. Cause you know, he has them back and forth. Like there's a year where he put, he assists on every little thing. And then there's a season where he decides, okay, I'm going to win the rocket. I think that, I think this year he's going to end with 58 assists. So you're taking the over. I'm taking the over. I am. Let's talk about Chris Letang. Looked good in the preseason, by the way. Give a shout to Chris Latane. Got a couple goals. Um, looked good, I thought, in the preseason. Um, Ten goals for Chris Latane this year. Over. 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 All right. I like that. What about 53 points for him? Under. Yeah, under. Okay, so you're going to take the over on the goals, but you're saying that the assist number is a little bit too high. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Brian Dumoulin. This will be a Th- tough one. Three goals under he will he will 
He will score. He will go goalless during the regular season. Okay. Score in the playoffs. All right. I think he's going to get at least one in the regular season. I'm going to say over. I think he's shown some flashes lately that he can be a good secondary contributor for the offense on the blue line. Okay. I think he gets between like four and five. Here's a tough one. Oli Mata. 28 points. Under. Under. I, I don't think Mata's – we've talked about it before. Mata's game doesn't show up on the score sheet. He's good positionally. He's good defensively. And he doesn't put up a lot of points, but he plays a good role on the blue line. I think there's potential there for this to be over. I think if the arrow, to quote Mike Tomlin, who's a terrible head coach, if the arrow keeps pointing up. Oh, just you I wait. We got takes. Yeah, we got takes about the Steelers. But I, I you know, but uh, I think if the arrow points up, I think he could do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there. I just, I think, I, I stand by that he's not much of a contributor on the score sheet, and that's not an indictment of him at all. One more for you here. Phil Kessel. 75 points. Over. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I don't think he's going to do a, have a career year again, but I do think he's going to okay. have more than that. 75 feels kind of like his baseline. Yeah. Let's do, let's do one more. Justin Schultz, seven goals. Over. Power play. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he, you got to figure he's going to quarterback that first power play, so we got to go over. All right. Well, if anyone did write those down, please send them to us. We'll appreciate it. <laughs> um, but uh, just looking – If nobody did write them down, I will just assume I'm right. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. That's um, the only way I, I read that. Um, looking at the week ahead though, Capitals Thursday night. Uh, they'll have played on Wednesday against Boston. Uh, so then they'll have back-to-back come. That's nice to see somebody else get that treatment for once. Oh, so, so uh, they're getting the treatment we got last year yeah. where we played the Blues and then gave up 10 goals to the Blackhawks the following night. Yeah. Are yeah. you saying that, we're going to hang 10 on the Caps on Thursday? I hope that, so. That Blues game was not encouraging to begin with. No. So, um, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, personally, again, I, I think the, the Penguins are going to be going crazy. Um I think that the, the, the atmosphere is going to be phenomenal. I think the Capitals are going to really hear it. And the fact that they have to play the night before, this early in the year is a big deal. That maybe doesn't make a difference um, in December. It makes a difference now. I, I think uh, to, you know, that back-to-back situation is really going to test them on the road in a hostile situation. Um, I'll take, I, I, just, I, I think the Penguins are going to take this one. Here's a question. You know, what I have, you know what I have in front of me? What? I have some reader questions. Real, real quick before we get to our, our reader questions, I have a question about the Caps. Is their hangover going to be finished by the time they get to Pittsburgh on Thursday? Because I don't think it is. I don't know. And yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean the, well, they won the Stanley Cup and played late into the season. They're going to have a Stanley Cup hangover. No, they're, I think they're still literally hungover. <laughs> I have to get some Pedialyte. It's, po- it's possible. Pedialyte and Advil, baby. Reader questions. Correspondences yeah. with Mike. Okay. Questions corner with Mike Darnay. Okay. So uh friend of the pod, Jason, asks, favorite Penguins jersey? That's an easy one. The uh, late 90s, early 2000s third jersey with the stripe across the center. The, the robo-penguin? Yeah. I am going to argue uh, the diagonal Pittsburgh is my favorite. 
I think that jersey's a little overrated. I disagree. 1975, Jean Pronovo, the blue that also had gold. Ooh, those are so good. It was, all, it was white with dark blue, light blue, and the penguin had gold in the, in what, the triangle. Speaking of, what do we think the thirds are going to be? Do you guys have any thoughts? Uh, uh, my thought is if we were going to have one, it would have been announced by now. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't think they're going to do it at all. Hmm. Maybe I'm just somebody that relies too heavily on the internet, but I really thought they were going to have them. I, I thought they were too, but I think we would have had it by now with the season starting in three days. Yeah. Uh, Nini asks, if you were stranded on an island and could only bring three hockey players with you, who would you pick? My answer is I only need one. He's bringing the beer, and it's Brian Dumoulin. <laughs> I, will, I will join you with Dumoulin because he's going to be the guy who uh, has fun and relieves the tension. Taking Brent Burns because he's going to get us off that island. He's he also looks it. like Tom Hanks in Castaway. Exactly. So he knows how to survive. I don't know who three would be. Taves because he'd be a leader. I don't know. Um, I'd probably just go by myself. You know, I have to waste less resources on other that, people. That's fair. That, yeah, that's a good answer. I mean, <laughs> you're, that's survival mode. You're not. Or I'd get like Bear Grills and be like, just give him a hockey stick and be like, come on, Bear. You're, you're now a hockey player. Bear, Bear, you're a hockey player now. You're on my island. Yay. Show me how to purify <laughs> my urine. Uh, Matt Schaefer, pumpkin beers, yay or nay? Ah, I'll do I'll do a couple, but don't give me a case of it. No, uh, I buy I will buy pumpkin because you can buy a four pack. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'll do four. That's See, max. I'll, I'll do Oktoberfest beers. That's for sure. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm just going to read the question <laughs> on the assumption that not. Never mind. That's a Maple Leafs question. I'm not reading that. Oh, what the hell? Come on. Uh, How does this podcast affect the Maple Leafs third line? Kelly asks this. And this actually goes back to the sandwich question from two weeks ago. Ooh. What is your most favorite cheese? I love a sharp cheddar. I, I, I might go. I think I might go pepper jack with this one. Yeah, it's <clears> a good one. I love me some pepper um, jack cheese. I'm going to go very specific. I don't eat a lot of cheese, but there is this cheese that you can find at the market district giant eagles. It is an everything bagel flavored cheddar cheese. I, I can't deal with anything. Everything. All right, bagel. Goodbye. Are, goodbye. Are, are goodbye. you serious, Jesse? Goodbye. Every, the everything bagels. I can't deal with it. I can't <sighs> believe that. Last week, well done steak. This week, you can't do everything bagels. No. Oh my no. god. It's not me doing bagel. No. Simon are you trying Harper. to be Travis Yost? <clears throat> well, that's not even an unreasonable take. <laughs> I mean, I like everything. Not. <laughs> There are an overwhelming majority of people who do not enjoy everything bagels, and that is the hill I will die on. Fine. Fine. Okay, Simon Harper, uh, not a question, but just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying these. Thank you for listening, Simon. Yeah, I love self-serving tweet. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Morgan, friend of the pod, Morgan, with the hockey season starting this week, give me your hottest, and I mean hottest, take about the upcoming NHL season. I don't really, I don't really have hot takes because I think everything I say is accurate and correct. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But if I had to dig deep and really come up with a hot take, I'm going to see this through. I'm going to go all the way super spicy. Vegas Golden Knights miss the playoffs. Spicy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go a similar route, Mike. I'm going to say the Chicago Blackhawks missed the playoffs for the second year in a row. I like it. 
Just like, <sighs> trying to, I'm trying, trying to get spicy. Trying to fire up the oven. Put a little Tabasco on those takes. I am going to say Phil Kessel wins the Art Ross Trophy. Ooh, I, I would like be it. very okay with that. Okay, next question. Uh, Devin asks, what is your vehicle of choice to run over Tom Wilson? <laughs> um, I drive a Dodge Stratus. How many push-ups can you do? <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um, are we considering a tank a vehicle? Because I'm, I'm taking sure, a yes. tank. Yeah. It has wheels, kind of. Oh no no! I'll be it'll be the uh, the slow moving flat th- flattener thing from the first Austin Powers, whatever you would call one of those. I'm gonna run over Tom Wilson with Mike Green's Vespa. There you go. <laughs> uh, I was stung by a bee today for the first time since I was like 14 years old. When is the last time you were stung by a bee, and why? I was in high school, and uh, I had a job cutting grass. Um in the neighborhood and I put the lawnmower underneath a pine tree because the guy whose grass I was cutting is a real jerk and was like, God, make sure you get under the trees. So I, the branch lifted up and as I, the branch lifted up as if it were slow motion, I saw the bees and like the nest. And uh, yeah, so here, so I, because I'm a lazy piece of trash, what I did was I had a small little bungee cord that I would wrap around the throttle because it was like a push. You know, you push down to like have the mower, you know, engage. So, like, you had to hold down a little bar to make sure the throttle was on. I would bungee that because my hand would get tired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I when I ran, I ran. The mower kept going. Like so now the mower, and I was on the edge of this guy's lawn. So the mower is now in the neighbor's lawn, just cruising, <laughs> like uh, full bore, and there's bees everywhere. So nobody the, the mower the mower is cruising across the yard. yard like Tom Wilson. Right? Yeah. There's just glacially moving, and there's no one that's going to stop it because there's bees. They were yellow jackets everywhere. Uh, I only got tagged a couple times, thankfully. I, I literally just booked it as fast as I could. I wildly flailed my limbs just about in an unorganized fashion and probably screamed. And I just ran into this guy's house who I'm not related to and I'm not friends with and just <laughs> cut his damn lawn. Uh, and he's one look at me and, and like looked outside and was like, oh, God. Um, but uh, turns out turns out I'm not allergic. <laughs> so no, no, no EpiPen carrying. For yeah, you. right. Um, I can't top that story, so I'm just going to decline. Nope. Yeah, same. I'm just going to say I did landscaping in college, and it was probably that. Yep. Uh, friend of the pod, Tim Bowers, is back. Even after getting roasted last week, he came back for more. Appreciate uh, that. I really t- – Tim's response on Twitter, by the way, was not what I said. He made me feel really bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, to my but, world, Tim. All I do is get roasted around here. That's, that's, that's not breakfast. true. We got you a brand-new mic. <laughs> I hate this show. I hate it so much. Uh, so Tim is asking best fast food breakfast. Mm. Am I allowed to count sheets and get go? Is that considered yes. fast food? Yes. Yeah. Get go breakfast is elite. 
Um, <clears throat> my vote, um, there is a sausage biscuit with country gravy on it that you can get at Starbucks. That sounds phenomenal. I mean, I'll put a, I'll put a hurting on some Bob Evans, dude. <clears throat> I like, I will go Bob Evans up. Okay. Uh, also, I'm gonna bring my own. Actually, question. no, 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 no. Denny's point blank period, not even close. Is Bob Evans is better. Is Bob Evans actually, I want to apologize to Denny's for the disrespect. But is that is that? I don't know if that's fast food though. Like I think he's thinking. Oh, like, he said fast food. Yeah, I think he's thinking yeah, fast food. Breakfast. McDonald's, like McDonald's. What like yeah, McDonald's? Okay, so now my question: How many McDonald's hash browns could you eat at one sitting? At one, one time? sitting? Yes, with no other breakfast food, just hash browns. Okay, can I give you a scenario? Speci- oh, yeah. Let's get very. Oh my specific. god, this is gonna be great. Okay, I woke up hungover, and I walk into a room with an unlimited number of McDonald's hash browns. Okay. I'm also going to throw in the caveat that I need water. I need unlimited water. Water or coffee. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. No, who's eating coffee and hash browns, Mike? It's breakfast. Why not? Yeah. You spend the next 30 days in the bathroom. <laughs> Easily, I got, a tw- eating, I got a Twitter feed to catch up on. If you're eating McDonald's hash browns and drinking coffee at the same time, you're like, for that's a cleanse, bro. That's if, a cleanse. Yeah, if I'm not hungover, okay. I got to get the evil so, out. But that's of me. the scenario. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna say. I'm really trying to just get in character here. I'm gonna say I could eat 18 in one sitting without hating myself. I was gonna say a dozen. So, yeah. 10 to 12, probably, something like that. It would also, be the best day of my life. Also, yeah, it also depends on the, uh, the other scenario if I'm hungover. I'd have to, like, I'd have, I bet you I could do more if I, like, had um, a bunch of napkins. I could sponge the grease off the exterior first. Yeah. Because those are greasy sons of bitches. You ever you bite into one of those and just have the grease come out oh, and it's hard the to hell out of your mouth sometimes have you, ever, have you ever eaten, have you ever eaten one that hasn't completely scalded the shit out of your mouth <laughs> no and i wouldn't want it any other way yeah and i'm gonna say it's bad i'm just let's be honest here <clears throat> okay hey mcdonald's hit us up uh sponsorship yeah Holy i think God. i think from now on we should just start reading improv advertisements and see who wants to come on board yeah all right uh, last question is from J E F F Jeff. Jeff, back again. Uh, oh wait, wait, don't ask it yet. I want to just get something queued up here. To turn your goddamn phone off. Hey, who is that? Sorry, what's Mike? Oh, um, oh I, I didn't. I, I didn't hear that. that. There's bells and whistles going on in the background, Mister Popular. I did not realize you could hear uh, this. Okay, I'm ready now. Go ahead and. Uh, uh, so this question is specifically for Jesse. Okay. Uh, what did you think of the West Ham United versus Manchester United game on Saturday or Sunday, whenever the fuck it was? It was Saturday morning, and it was glorious. <laughs> it was absolutely glorious. West Ham win 3-1. Felipe Anderson scores his first goal. <laughs> wasn't, your, wasn't your take last week that... Uh... West Ham was going to win that one. It was a correct take. <clears throat> yeah, it was. It was three points. Uh, I did. So you got to remember, West Ham United now uh, unbeaten in four, uh, coming off an eight nil victory where they look completely confident against a United team that had a, a, a training dust up between the manager and their star player, uh, where the star player's captaincy was stripped, uh, and uh, everybody knew 
that Jose Mourinho was uh, Jose Mourinho was going to play Scott McTominay in the middle of a back three. Who the fuck is that? Exactly, Scott McTominay in the middle of a back three. No, you're not. Uh, let me tell you right now, Mike Manuel Pellegrini ain't having any of that. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, come on, yarns. Hey, actually, um, I, I, Mike, I wanted to ask you a question. Did you watch that match? I watched the first half. It was okay. two nothing. I had to leave for work. That was the last I saw. Okay, um, Mike. I, I didn't know if Mike had had an opportunity to see it. Um, Pat, I, I, did you watch it? I didn't. I wasn't able to wrestle control the television Saturday morning. <laughs> so I did so, watch Liverpool, though. How about so, that? So, Pat. So, guys, it's fair to say that uh, you, maybe you don't have anything to say. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry. I have nothing to say. So. <laughs> Uh, and Mike, uh, I've said that I believe that Liverpool are going to, uh, win the league and, uh, that, look again, I don't like Chelsea at all. I hate them. I think they're trash. Uh, but that was a beautiful football game. Like if you wanted like, and there was only two goals, but if you really wanted to introduce someone to like premier league football and be like, Hey, this is actually fun and interesting. That would, I, I would show them that game. See, that's Absolutely. what, that's was, what I heard. Uh, like my Twitter feed was going on about that. And I was like, okay, so if I would have had the opportunity, I probably would have tuned into that one. It, it was great. It was one, one. So like you said, two goals. So people would scoff at it saying nothing happened then. Um, Chelsea had a few clear cut chances that Liverpool's goalkeeper saved. Uh, Chelsea also saved, had players save two goals off the line when their keeper was beat. And um, what was it? The 89th minute, Daniel Sturridge comes on as a sub, scores to tie it at 1-1. It, <clears throat> like you said, you think they're going to win the league. Those are the kind of ones where you're on the road, hostile environment, you come away with a draw instead of losing. Those are the kind of ones you have to pull out if you're going to Well, win. to be fair to Liverpool, the ones that you have to put out are the away, pull out of the away days at Huddersfield. But you know, that, was, that was more yeah. Liverpool's problem. Yeah. So here's a question for you, Mike, that will transition us nicely into the Steelers because I know we have a lot of takes about the Steelers. Uh, Mo Salah uh, of Liverpool, um, yes. not off to the greatest start, right? I think fair to no. say. Uh, but do you think that he is suffering from a bit of the Antonio Brown syndrome where now that focus is on him so much? Um, and look, the hallmark of every great, I think, international football team um, – you know, a team that's playing abroad in the Champions League, a team that's competing domestically for titles, is they always have that. If he's not going to beat you, those two will to the front three or front mm-hmm. four, or however many they have. And I think Liverpool does have that. I mean, Sadio Mane, you know, all those other guys, Firmino. Um, but is Salah right now uh, being covered in that way, or is he just unlucky? I think it is definitely the former that he is. He's getting double teamed, triple teamed, which is opening space for other people. And to transition to the Steelers, that's happening with Antonio Brown. And the, the issue is that everybody else on the team sucks. Except for Juju Smith-Schuster. That's about it, yeah. He dropped a ball last night but in the end zone. But yeah, it was, I, I wouldn't even call that a drop, to be honest. Yeah, right. yeah it was more, I, think that, I thought that was more of a contested pass than it was a but drop. I, uh, admittedly, I went to bedtime at halftime. It's the first time I can say I tapped out of a tied Steeler game in bedtime at halftime. That's in, the name of my po- other podcast. <laughs> in many years, I can't remember tapping out on a game that was tied at halftime on Sunday Night Football. But they suck right now. I, I, could, I, I could not bear to watch another check down on second and 10 for three yards to James Conner. I was starting to lose my mind. Yeah. And I, I like to build on what you guys were saying there, like, 
The other reason AB is not getting anything is because Ben can't hit anybody with a pass anymore. Um, Under overthrows, interceptions. Like yeah, that's bad. And and I mean, look, defensively they're terrible. Awful. They're just terrible defensively. I mean, it's it's terrible to watch. And you read, I, I, you, read, you read the way that the defense was talked about from last night's game. Like, well, they gave up twenty six. Like. That's not great, but because of how bad they are, everybody was like, well, they gave up 26, so they had a good night. I mean, I was talking to somebody about it today. They stink at the fundamental aspects of football. They can't tackle. They can't cover. They can't run the ball. They can't pass the ball. They can't get a first down. They can't get off the field on third down. They can't do anything. Yeah. What's your, um, what's your fix for it, though? Like, that's my question is how do you fix this team? I don't know. That's way above my pay grade. Yeah. Get a, get a, get a good defense. Yeah. I'm like, cause I don't, I don't know. Like the thing that I've been saying lately that annoys me most about the Steelers organization as a whole is that for some reason they've started to value continuity over reality. Like, yes, I understand you like having all these same people around and having consistency, but eventually the shit gets stale. That's about it. Yeah, they, no, they I fucking I, suck. <laughs> terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like how? Like how many more linemen do we need to draft before we realize like there's so many other needs? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. There's no quick, quick out here because to fix the defense, they need like eight new players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that seven of their eleven starters. Um, were drafted internally by the Steelers. Jesus Christ. Which which is fine, but is like... Is Ray Shiro drafting for the Steelers now? Oh! Whoa, buddy. <sighs> well, they play the Falcons this week. So it's going to be... They're, I think the Falcons are 1-3, and three, if I remember correctly. But Yeah, but they're Matt Ryan, and, and just, there's a potential <clears throat> there for them to just torch the secondary. He, they might score 45 points at Heinz Field. The Bengals are playing pretty well. The Ravens are playing good. Like, if the Browns had Baker Mayfield in Week One, they beat the Steelers. I don't think okay. that's a bad take. I, I'd probably say that's as close to true as we could get. Then you go back to Baltimore. Then you've got Carolina. Not going to be a cakewalk for this team. Nope. Then you have Jacksonville. I mean, you think about the way they're playing right now. It's like a murderer's row. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> an easy. This is not an easy schedule, and they're not a good team. Like they could, they could easily end up like two, five, and one through eight games. I, I just, Ooh. and I, I mean, like, uh, there's so many people out there. Their reluctance to blame Ben for anything is mind-boggling to me. He sucks right uh, now. He needs to retire. Good. Like, I'm not All saying. Right, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, saying that. Yinzer over here, Mike <clears> just busted hey. out. He needs to retire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm not saying he's like. Completely done and watched. Hey, I up. called down ass. I called down ass. Told Aunt Deb, listen. Hey, Deb. <laughs> did you see the? Did you see the video last week? No more. Did you see the video last week of McAfee calling Madden? I oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> I was down at Tampa. Down at Tampa. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was watching on the television. I had a couple of them Miller Tall Boys, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, McAfee's anyway. a gem. That's probably my favorite part of the NFL Sunday. Now is his videos. <laughs> Well, the next time we do a podcast, the Penguins will have played two games. That's two. correct. In the middle of a four-day uh, four uh, four break. So 
I feel like that's a longer break than they had all of last year. We're either going to be getting on this next show being like Stanley Cup, baby, or it's going to be like, well, just shut it down now and get a high yeah, draft pick. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. So well, uh, do, do either of you have anything to plug? Uh, tomorrow I'm going to talk about three things that absolutely have to happen for the Penguins to repeat – well, not repeat uh, – get back to the Stanley Cup final. Pat? Uh, like I said a little bit ago, the – Pens blog staff predictions are up on pensblog.com, so go check those out and tell us how stupid we are. Uh, on our end, uh, to actually plug another podcast. How dare you? How, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> Second of all, how dare you? Yeah, Mike, I have a question. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Pensburg is going to be having a podcast as well. Um, I may feature on it from time to time, but that is our own Garrett's little project that he is running. Um, the format of that's going to be much different than what the three of us are doing here. That is mainly going to feature a guest every week. So the first episode of that is up featuring Brian Metzer from the Penguins radio network. Good guy, Metz. We love Metz. Listen yes. to it this morning and yeah, it was good. Um, all right. Well, that's what we've got coming around Ben. The next time we speak to y'all will be, uh, uh, during officially hockey season. We appreciate you logging on to the internet and joining us. Yeah. Thanks for listening guys. And it's uh, <laughs> logging onto the internet, logging log- online, grabbing my AOL 7.0 floppy disk and Get off the phone, on. Mom. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you guys. Well, I'm trying to do the show with Pat and Mike. We're going to be famous. <laughs> Yes, go to AOL keyword penguins. I need to download the new Limp Bizkit album. <laughs>